How's everybody going, guys? And it is Nathan Winterstein. I'm here on the Red Lake Talk by myself. Well, not really by myself. Chris is not here today. He's um He's been busy and stuff, and I've been trying to get some podcasts done. So I told him I'd hop on here. I got one of the guys from the staff over at the house. We're shooting some media stuff. Justin Tackett. How's it going, man? It's doing good, man. Uh, it's been a been a fun day. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk some duck calls and uh, some hunting. Yeah, uh, man. We we've been busting out. I think we've done one, two, three, four videos, four videos of photo shoot. We've had a busy morning so far. Started about seven thirty this morning, knocking stuff out. Um, yeah, everybody don't... else was kind of wrapped up today, so we just kind of busted butt and just got some stuff done. Um, but we're gonna talk tuning calls. We did some videos. We're gonna post out on the Instagram page. So. If you ain't following KAS Waterflowers yet, go over to Instagram, follow us. The videos will go up probably during thanks during Thanksgiving. Gosh, it's coffee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've had a pot of coffee today too, so we're going to be talkative. A little different than the last podcast where on um, Fins and Feathers, I drank a half a bottle of whiskey and got real talkative. <laughs> um, but no, we're um, we're going to talk tune in calls. Okay, so we did two videos on it. We're going to talk. We'll start out with. Um, Chris has, Chris has dabbled in it and talked a little bit and stuff. So let's talk. Um, we talked mainly goose so far with him. So let's just do a quick overview of messing with a goose call. You know, like some of the stuff you you do and just the day-to-day things. You know, we just try to re- reiterate the stuff to make sure guys are understanding what they need to do. You know, the biggest problem a lot of guys have when they're they're messing with their goose calls is they one of two things. They don't pay, they don't pay attention to where it's set at. So when they take it apart and try to put it back together, they're they're like, oh man, it is, I can't get it back. I mean, that's the one one of the biggest things is we've had had people contact us about. Uh, they took their call apart. They can't get it to sound right. So I mean, we either try and step them step them through it on the phone, or we've had, we've had them send it back and then retune it and send it to them. But one of the tricks that that, that I like to tell guys is if they're going to pull their call apart. Take a Sharpie, mark your stopper, mark your tone board, mark your your read. And then that way you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you put it back into that, it's going to sound identical. I mean, it, it should not change at all. Now, yeah, that's, that is something that, like, you got a tuning kit there beside you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that came in his tuning kit. Like, I knew that was a thing we wanted to do. And he was, I was like, hey, man, do you need a sharpie? And he's like, no, I got one, man. It's in my kit. That's that's an item you keep in your tuning kit is a sharpie because that's a big, that's a big deal. I mean, I mean, for someone who's a more veteran at dealing with calls like you are, you, you've dealt with them. You've tuned a lot of calls. You've, you've done a lot of, you've done con contests in the past and stuff. Um, but so, you know, your way around a call, like you, you're not worried about that, but that was something that like, I know you still have it in your kit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, cause if you're, or you're teaching somebody or something to show or, or you're with them and you're trying to explain to them how like working with calls, I'm, I'm a visual learner. I, I like to see what's going on. And if you show somebody how that, how you do it, nine times out of 10, they're not going to forget it because I mean, that's such a simple thing, but it goes and goes a long ways as far as, of, com- I mean, it's going back to identical. You can even use it on duck calls. I've, I've taken reeds out, clean it up and I will write on the top of my reed, just put a T on it for top. So you know, which side's the top side of your reed. So you don't have to sit there and bend it. Um, because over time, those reeds, if you're blowing the same reed, it'll get kind of a memory to it on a duck call. And, and it, if you flip it 
you're going to get a little bit of a different tone. And that's what, I mean, the sharp, a Sharpie is a simple tool that you can have in, in your um, tuning kit that, that will work with your goose calls and work with your duck calls. And it's just a simple mark. I mean, it's like tagging it. So you know exactly what you did or where you went wrong. Yeah. And that's another thing with like, I know you have, you got a lot of stuff in there, a lot of different reads and stuff in there. And you had, you still have your competition call in there and you've got the read written on it. You got a comp written on it. You've got, um, I think you had like, um, a quill read in there or it was a crusher. It was a crusher read. You had a crusher read written on it. Yeah. I even have my original crusher read that I blistered it where I blew it so much and seeing it as I, I, I keep it in there because a, it gives me kind of, I see how much I shaved it. Granted, every read is different, but I can, I kind of look at it as a kind of a, I can use it as a, um, a teaching tool too when somebody's wanting to learn how to tune a goose call and explain to them, Hey, a lot of times if you blow a goose call enough or a lot, you're going to see this blistering. And sometimes it even happens on new, newer reads. It's just a, a, a manufacturing defect or something like that. It's where the reed will split along the edge and it, we just call it blistering and it, it'll change your tone of your call and showing somebody, if you see this happening, it's, a good time to change one's read out in your call. And then, then that even goes back to the, the Sharpie setup. If you got it marked, then you can set it right back in there. And then, then you're, it's, it's game time. Yeah. And, um, so another tip that, um, you've taught me and Chris has taught me, and that's to make sure that, um, that read is just missing the front of that, that front of that stopper, not the stopper, the, um, the tone channel, tone channel. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't want, if you get the read too long and it's setting on top of the tone channel, then it is, it's almost impossible to break over. You won't get that snap on your, in your honk going from the high, the high to, or the, the low to high like that. And if you don't have, I mean, if it don't honk, it don't, it don't sound like a goose. I mean, you got to have that tone board and that read sitting right there side by side to where that, that read will dip into the tone board when you're blowing it. Because if, if it's too close and you got a little bit of a click, it might dip in there, but it might not come back out. And then then you're sitting there with a flock of geese coming at you or whatever, and your hands are tied. So, I mean, I always like before a hunt, I will pop my re- or pop my calls apart just to kind of take a, a reference of them and see what's going on on the inside. Did I do something to it while it was in my blind bag? Did, I, did something go down inside the barrel? Did it move move the stopper? Did it move the wedge? I mean, or not the wedge, but the tone board. And nine times out of ten, that don't happen. But if you got a lot of stuff in your blind bag like I do, I mean, I got dog stuff. I got got first aid stuff. I got got face paint stuff that comes in pins. I mean, it's, it's, you got a pile of stuff in there. You yeah. don't know what's going down in there unless you're, like, super sorted. And, and that just – and, like, I mean, hey, we're hunting – dirt's going to get in there you're going to get bark you're going to get just leaves and everything else down in there and you like as chris says you know yeah make sure you're keeping those calls clean yeah he I mean, he radiates like taking them apart cleaning them letting them dry good and put them back together and that's where marking that thing and making sure it's right and setting it in the right spot on the tone tone board that it goes back together the correct way yeah i mean that, that's the key i mean if you if you it's consistency it's it's anything you do consistent you're going to get the same result I mean, that's a given on anything you do, and that even refers back to duck and goose calls. 
Yeah. Um, so let's move over to um, talking on the duck side. So we took a little bro that I had in the case behind me. That, yeah. Uh, I've got one on my lanyard. It's a double read. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm searching right now for that single read duck call. Um, I've got two now behind me because you fixed the little bro over. I like it. I like the way it sounds. Um, that thing and, sounds nasty, man. It's really ducky. It does sound very <laughs> ducky. And then I've got a um, uh, just drew a complete blank, and I haven't even started drinking whiskey. It's, just, well, <laughs> it's, it's too not, early, man. It's, 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 not it's almost. It's after ten. So <laughs> it's after ten. I guess we could. I mean, where's the Bloody Marys at? Uh, but I'm talking the um, the muskeg. It's behind me. It's a single, and then I've got the bad juju coming. I've got it. Um, got to get with Chris tomorrow. I think we're going to try to hop on, talk a little bit at the call shop, and um, we're gonna. He's going to get me down a, a bad juju to try out. But you took my little bro. It's a double read call. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys from KS get it as a, as a double read. Is that probably what you see? Yeah, because a lot of guys a lot of guys order calls in double because. It, I mean, I'm not saying everybody's a bad caller or anything like that, by no means. But if you don't spend a lot of time on a duck call, a double read will hide your mistakes. Yeah, and I, I need a lot of my mistakes hidden. I mean, whether it's whether it's a, a big mistake or a small mistake, I mean, they're they're more forgiving. Um, a lot of competition callers will. I mean, they'll use single reads, but some. Some guys will use a double in a meat style contest or something like that to get that that I'm going to say I'm not going to say like a raspier sound because you can do that with a single read, but kind of a um, it's a little bit of a different like like shatter through the call of of that that raspy. Yeah, duck. I like the um, the the squeal. Um, some guys when they can get really down on one and get that squeal like in mm-hmm. on. Um, Someone who's really good at it is um two guys I hunt with some uh, Cody Williams and Will Martin. They're both really good at getting squeals out of their calls. Yeah, it's just it's pinching it off and you're almost you're like stopping the read is what you're kind of doing in that. And it's it's the good old Cajun squeal. I mean it's it's a drunk duck. And what calls us a drunk duck? Food. Yeah, I mean good it food. is it is it's it's a good a good call. Um so you took that, you pulled out, um, you actually gave me another read. So now I have, I can switch it back and forth. My mm-hmm. little bro, um, it's now a single read. You, um, I think you had to replace a stopper, which you got a bunch of stoppers and stuff. And that's just something you got to order from your call company. Um, get those different stoppers. stoppers. I think, um, KS sells them. Um, there's some other companies out there that also sell them like DLCs and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, most call manufacturers carry them. I mean, you can get them. A lot of times if you call them, they'll even sometimes mail them to you. Or or if when you order the call and you ask for, like, another stopper or another wedge or something like that, I mean, they'll they'll And that's something I never did, and now I'm trying to build me a tuning kit. Not that I need to be tuning calls, but I'm trying to learn more about that. Not that I'm going to go be a, a calling contest guy, but just being able to, you know, ducks are doing something a little different, you know. Maybe I need to like change my call up a little bit. Like what? Like maybe I need to try to get over to this tone or something like that. I think that's something that like I'm trying to do because I have certain calls that I like to run, and the way I present air into the call is it's a new thing I've I've heard a guy say, and that's the proper way to say it. I think mm-hmm. the way you present your air and the way I present my air is different. Yeah, when it comes yeah. to duck calls, um, and I think that's why tuning duck calls are a little more important when it comes to cutting your dog ears your length of your reading, everything, to me, I think that's important because of the way you present your air. 
where a goose call, everyone's pretty much got to present that air about the same way, I think, personally. Well, the thing with that is, I mean, you, um, you're you putting the sort of the same air into it, but it, some people blow a lot more air than other guys. I mean, some of the guys that I've contest called against back when I did contest calling is they're, they're like a, a box fan running. I've never seen somebody put that much air through a call, and they're it, it's super heavy, super loud, and some guys can't do that. They just, I mean, they, they're... They like that shorter read on a on a goose call to where it's it's snappier. They don't put a lot through it, and they can. And me personally, when I get my read too short on a goose call, that I cannot get any kind of like like a lay down or a moan or anything like that out out of a goose call. It's just it's I can't do it. I put too much air in it, and that's just because of something I'm used to. Now, as blowing a goose call over the years is if once you get the basis down on a goose call, you can almost pick up any goose call and blow it within five minutes. And and I think that's kind of what I'm saying is when I say everyone pretty much presents the air the yeah. same is I think with a goose call, if you can blow a goose call, which I mean the new Nodak, me and Harrison sat here and talked the other night about it. That call is a call that I think goes from beginner to expert. There's a lot of calls out there that I would not say do that. Um, the um the haymaker from KS. I don't I, I I have that call. I have I have two of them behind me, I think. I think there's two back. I think there's a yeah. green one and a blue one. Um that call I got it and maybe maybe with some tuning. I don't know. I, I haven't tried to tune or anything. Maybe you can make it a little lighter, but to me that call is a little more of an expert call. But when I hear a guy like you pick it up or a guy like Andy Anderson pick it up, it's dirty. It is very, very dirty. I see you grinning. It's, it's, you, it's you, what you get used to. I it's, mean, yeah. it, it's it's everybody has their own cup of tea. I mean, yeah, that, and that, I that's think, what it boils down to. Yeah, and I think with the Nodak, it's a, like I had you, you tuned it, and I was like, hey, make it a little lighter. And like it's a, like I can tell you can still blow it, but for me, I can run it a lot faster. And I had a lot of success running one that you tuned early season for me. Well, you tuned it. I think you kind of tuned it for yourself, but I had you lighten it up a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. I ran it. Now Harrison has it, and we're never going to get that call away from him. Well, like when I'm when I'm tuning a call for somebody, I kind of I will set it to where I will blow it starting out, and then I will blow it and ask them that like you like the sound of this. All right, try it. And if if they don't like the way that it's set, and they can tell me, well, I want it softer. I want it. I want it harder to blow, like stiffer. I know which way to go with it because I'm so used to where I set my stuff up that I can I can. Use that as a judge point. It's like like Matt Loomis, one of our guys. He um, some of our calls they're too light for him. Like the Nodak, he says it's too light. Yeah, he I know. He's, a, he's a he's not a fan of it. There's a lot uh, of guys that like me and Chris talked about, it, and he's like, man, I got guys aren't fans. I'm like, personally, for the guy who's not the professional goose caller in the group, far from it. And I mean, the rest of you, a lot of you guys can blow them really, really well. And there's just a couple of us that can't. And man, I'm like Chris. To me personally. And then I can't think whose kid has it. Um, someone let their kid have it, and man, he picked it right up. And he can rip with it. Yeah, it's Matt's Matt's boy. Matt's boy. Yeah, I thought yeah, I was he, saying it was Matt's boy. And he, Matt was telling us he's like, man, this thing's too light. And then he gave it to gave it to Connor, and Connor or and Connor was just just I mean it. It that's what I'm saying. It fits. It fits a genre of people that I don't think. I'm not saying KS wasn't producing a call for that, mm-hmm. but now they definitely got a call there. 
um, where they've got a duck call that goes all the way through and back twice. Um, yeah, like Matt, he likes the ME11. The ME11 takes a little bit more more air because of just the bore size of it and everything. It's a little bit, and it's a longer call too. I mean, that's one thing we worked on coming out with the no deck, which is, I mean, we worked on the thing three years. We wanted it to be super versatile from... from I mean, the quill kind of come out of the no deck. It's kind of like a hybrid in the middle yeah, the, there. The quill was kind of like the stepping stone to the no deck. We got it that... We knew what we were needing to change on, on our on our bigger goose calls because we had some troubles when we were starting with our goose calls. It's just that everybody was telling us they're difficult to blow, difficult to blow, difficult to blow, which, I mean, some of that comes down to tuning and stuff, but there's also it's what's built into the call, and we started figuring that out. And with the newer stuff we've come out with, which we've even altered our older stuff to make them easier, yeah, they're, because of what we're learning. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think that's every call company changes everything. If you listen to a lot of different people who do call reviews and stuff on calls, they'll talk about you know what year was that, what batch was that, was that one of the originals? Because they're different than what they're making now. Yeah, every, they're yeah. like everyone keeps changing. That's why you see calls drop, call lines drop, and then they come back. Um, mm-hmm. I assume if we talk, let's say the echo timbers like i'd say they've changed over the times the daisy cutters for r&t have changed over the time um the mondo hell r&t has a thousand different mondos yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, we do i mean even some of our stuff we've done that we've done that with like the snub nose and we got a snub nose extreme which is a little louder it's got a little bit bigger bore on it um we got the muskeg and the muskeg dirty I mean, yeah, it's, it's just actually, two different things. A single read re- versus a double read. Yeah, you just remind me that's two calls I don't have behind me now that I have to buy. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. My wife is going to appreciate that. She's off somewhere hiding in the house. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, like, that's kind of like a good thing. Um, once you pop open your, your case right there, um, I thought you were out of coffee. Yeah, you're I out am of, out of coffee. Oh, you're man. reaching for more coffee. We're out. We drank it all. Um, pop open your case there and just give me a rundown of a couple tools you have that you recommend like you know if you're if you're wanting to get like a little call tuning kit together and stuff you think you think a guy needs like starting out on on, on like a, just a kind of bent beginner call tuning kit you want a, a course a smaller but sharp pair of scissors yeah um, like, of course I go for of course you want to go for stainless steel because it's gonna get wet if you take it with you when you're out in the field which that's advised. Take your tuning kit with you because you never know. Yeah, somebody when, goofs up, breaks a reed. Somebody drops a reed while they're doing something. Because we've out. all got that one buddy that takes theirs apart and then loses it. Yeah, kind of like not pointing anything, but dropping a call in the water. I lost that call. That call's gone. <laughs> I now have a green version. Acrylic does not float. It does not, and you do not. I honestly, I don't know where it got dropped. When Actually, you hear that? Kaboosh. I didn't hear it. That's the bad part. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're referring to a. Um, pearl red eye that i lost that i was a very big fan of that i lost on a youth duck hunt killed a couple ducks so yeah you know chris like you know me and him with all the stuff i do for them he like he's like hey i'll hook you up i got one laying around here that um some engraving was messed up on it and it needed to be re-engraved and he's like do you care if it's not engraved and i'm like no man send it on down it actually is engraved it's just not very deep yeah but going on like in the call kit here of course sharp pair of scissors a exacto knife or razor blade and even just like your smaller razor razor blade like you would use to scrape something say off a glass because you can use those to of course your exacto you can use it to trim your wedges and stuff on your on your duck calls and then the razor blade you can use it to um shave a goose reed of course your stoppers 
you want a uncut mylar reed for your duck calls, and then you also want one with a dimple, too, that will like a, for your double reed, you know which one's on the top, which one's on the bottom. And with that dimple, it'll keep that reed separated, too. That'll help you out. But one big thing that I don't see in a lot of tuning kits that we use is a we use a wooden stopper or a wooden wooden dowel with a section cut off of it. So when you're you're taking apart a goose call, a lot of guys will squeeze it and pull the stopper and stuff. Sometimes they're tight and you can't get a good grip on it and you don't want to damage your reed. So with that that rubber or the wooden dowel with the wedge cut out of it, like a um which you'll see it on on our videos that we're going to post up about tuning tuning a goose call. Is it lets you push that stopper out without touching the reed whatsoever yeah it, it basically allows you to fit around your stopper and into your your guts there and just pop it out yeah so yeah. that it, it pops all out real quick and easy in your hands and then it just pops out top because like i've tried to shove them down through sometimes they don't fit all the way down through yeah um they get jammed yep i've, you, I've found fixed, myself in that predicament before had i had that wooden couple, dowel yeah you fixed a couple of my calls because i've before before i knew much about kind of messing with a goose reed now i'm getting a little braver and stuff um I think you've got you've got some um, sandpaper in there too. I see. Yeah, I got a little sandpaper for and sanding then, wedges on goose calls. Um, of course, O rings for your goose calls. Yeah, which because those can break. The Tennessee happens when it gets cold. I mean, rubber breaks down. Yeah, um, and yeah. then of course the the good old sharpie. Yeah, you got to mark your calls when you're taking them apart in the field, so you don't have that. Uh oh, I can't make it sound like a goose moment again. Yeah, so that's kind of like a breakdown of what what's in our what's in his kit. I'm working on getting mine built right now, um, but you know that's kind of like a little just overview on how tuning calls and stuff. Um, we're gonna post some videos about how to tune calls and stuff, and do a little video on it. And Justin goes down. We got two angles, so you're gonna. It's a pretty good video. I really like how it looks and stuff. So we're gonna put that up. You know, right after Thanksgiving. You know, um, we're, we've got a while before our season comes back in. Um, I know other people are starting to kick off now. West Virginia, we got to sit here and pull our thumbs for a month. And yeah, I know duck season's coming in so late this year. It's always that late, man. It's it used to late. not be that. It was like the it used to come in like December fifteenth, and and then well, it seems it, like it's getting worse every year. Two duck, two mallards versus four mallards, and 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 I think that's that's where you know we got to. We talked a little bit about the KS Chronicles videos that we're trying to produce and like what all went on with some like stuff where we didn't get to get stuff done. And the first episode, we're just kind of B roll and us talking about what it's going to be, mm-hmm. which that'll come out. You know, I think, I think we talked about my plan was those to start airing in January and air all the way through February, the end of February. That's, so that's provided the birds. Work. You know, no, we no, we're be. we're gonna have video. I've I've got to get better and make sure that you know I'm pushing my side on myself on the media side. Um, but, I mean, yeah, we all do. That's that's the part of the part of the thing is we got all and and it's not because we're just trying to like we we want to be the best out there at that, but we just like personally I enjoy the media side, and I think you guys are starting to enjoy the media side, having those photos, having those memories. It's about having memories. Yeah, I mean, I got a ton of memories on my phone. I, that's one reason I got to upgrade that thing. I got it's it's maxed. I can't even take another picture on my yeah, phone. I, mean, I need it before duck season, or I'm in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I just enjoy like the being able to you know capture those memories and have them. I mean, I walked in my parents' house the other night and they got the video camera out that I didn't even know they had. I honestly didn't know it was there, but it's like it's the a VHS. 
they take the little VHS tapes. Oh, it's like, the little ones, the micro VHS. Like nice. The medium sized <laughs> ones. I wouldn't say the little ones because I got the little ones in you there. You have to put it in a VHS to put it in the. Yeah, but we just watch it on the nice. camera because, like, but we don't know how to get any of that video off. And that was like, I don't even know why we ended up with that camera. Do a quick little media drop on me, but like, that's what got it all started. My dad got it all started then. Like, we ended up with a camera and stuff, and then we had it just started. Like, I mean, we started filming deer hunts and stuff and i mean i think it was more of the memories that we got closed off from it and you know we got like the hunting the hunting stuff and then like when i was in the rodeo we got those videos and stuff so if you want to watch like a six foot tall 12 year old rod junior bulls i have that on video and it's very funny oh i guarantee you i, can, so, I mean watching you so, run from bulls is pretty funny <laughs> you know we got one year left of that and then we're done I mean, everybody's got their things that that trigger something in their lives that they want to do. Whether it's whether it's like media and what, like even with duck hunting, what got me into duck hunting is a couple of my buddies that I grew up with went to Arkansas to college, come back and he's like, "Man, you got to go duck hunting. You got to go duck hunting." I was like, "Yeah, all right, well, they went to Arkansas to go duck hunting and learn it. That's bull crap." Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, "All right, well, I was like, all right, I'll go." I mean, I was I wasn't I was a deer guy. I mean, deer and turkeys all I ever really did, and and went we bought a dozen or took a dozen duck decoys to go goose hunting we didn't have any goose decoys we get there and did not realize that the time frame stamp on the regulations you needed to adjust an hour for daylight or the the time change so here we are out there an hour earlier than we should have honestly been there to take the boat ride so we're two hours early take the boat ride up we're out in the middle of nowhere we throw out duck decoys we have shotguns and goose calls waiting on geese to flower nothing happened nothing happened i mean this is a lake out in the middle of the middle of nowhere not where you would expect a lot of geese to be i mean there was maybe a couple flocks of geese on the lake we finally give up we're going back to the boat ramp look up big v geese flying right overhead i'm like you got to be kidding me but that, i mean that's what yeah, I mean, everything about that day is what what got me hooked on it. Just and it's, it's just the like the camaraderie of it. Like you're not, yeah. it's not like you're like you're not quiet. I mean, I would say it's slim, similar to the turkey and the the elk, where there is a response at times from the animal. Mm-hmm. But those two, like you, you get quiet when there's that time to get quiet. But at those times, you're with your buddies. Usually, you know, you're just chit chatting up. You know, duck hunting is yeah, duck hunting is different because you're not moving. You're sitting in one spot, and it's cold outside. But you're sitting there in one spot. Just the camaraderie of it's the biggest thing. Is I mean, it's I think, a, what, um, it, I think what it gets a lot of people in, and I think some people get on the competitive side of it, and they get really into the the very aggressive with all i need the limits and stuff but i mean yeah i mean that's not yeah shooting a limit is fun but enjoying the time with friends and stuff and just like well you find out as the more you do it is that that side of it is not what it's about yeah i mean we also have it in us no one no one can't say it's not there because there's we have that better in a pile of green i mean it's 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 but they're still like slowly like working over to you know like if i could just see a couple get shot my dog work um and i did it on film and get to capture those moments with all my friends like i'm i'm happy with it like my favorite aspect of it is watching them come in getting them in knowing you've tricked them i mean you have sold the story to them that's where they want to be and then watching the dog work 
and the the buddies. I mean, the the last hunt of last year, I shot one time. The rest was working the dog, maybe adjusting some decoys, talking to the guys, and and that's what it's about for me. I mean, I, I got it, it, it changes as as you progress as the years the years that you hunt as as how you approach things like I, I want decoy set this way. What's the wind doing? And then you learn the places that you hunt too. That's what's even better is because once you learn a place on how to set it up, then you can get into how working the ducks, working the geese, yeah, what that, to do and when to call at yeah, them that's, and all that um, fun stuff. That's been something that was hard, hard for me to learn. And it's learning the, the setup. And I'm still trying to fix a couple of things that I know we're making, mis- I'm making mistakes on personally. Cause I would, I'd solely put me in charge of 90% of the time when I'm not with you guys that, Hey, I need to make sure this is going right. I mean, 64, I'll say 60, 40. Cause all times it's a spot that like, you know, I, I scouted it. It was my plan to go there. You know, there's one or two guys, if I got them with me, you know, I can put some responsibility over on them to help me. And they're going to bust button, make sure to get it done. But I got to make sure like we get it there and we get the right stuff, have the right stuff for the setup that we're going to have and all that. And, you know, that was kind of the tail end of this season this um second split i kind of made some slight mistakes you know but you know i'm working on getting those fixed i mean it was it was more of we didn't we tried to run one-sided panel blinds against a brush line when two-sided panel blinds would have been the way to go granted i didn't have both sides parking a stop and bird jersey wouldn't have cared but it is what it is yeah that thing too is you learn is, you learn yeah. something every time you go out yeah doing this and the thing with hunting too is you hunt with the same group of guys over and over it becomes like a, a well-oiled machine as everybody knows what to do. Um, as everybody has their own jobs, like when we go and, and John's with us, John's the guy you want brushing your blinds. Yeah. He could make anything hide. He could hide something on a green of a golf course. I've never seen anything like it. And then like, he'll do that. And I'm dragging decoys out. We're setting decoys with the wind everybody's flipping blinds out, lining them up. I mean, there's guys have certain, yeah, things you, that, you've got it figured out. It's, I mean, it's just, it's all, it's a lot of work. Yeah. For like right now in this, it's a lot of work for a little success sometime lately in this state, but it's still something we love to do. And that's kind of, that's kind of where it's at right now. I think, I think we're, we're going to have a good season. I think we're working our way towards it. I think like we're getting the right weather. I think we're picking up birds every day. Yeah, it's, I mean we've we've had a little bit of an influx of birds, but the bad thing is the season is not in. No, but I think I don't like I don't think we're getting so cold here that we're going to lose them. Yeah, I don't. Or I don't think so either. I, think, I mean, we've had some ducks like like the November split. We saw a couple dozen redheads and um and ringers out on the river. And yeah, are they here now? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. If I mean, they're this far down, I'm saying they're coastal birds and they're gone. Especially with like last night, we had a full moon and it was twenty seven degrees. Yeah, if we, they've moved down this far, I think they boogied out last night because I mean it, it was it was. I thought there was snow on the ground this morning. There was so much frost when I walked outside. Yeah, I mean we're we're gonna lose some, but I think we will keep a few. Yeah. Um. Now, as far as geese, we've gotten some geese and stuff, but I think we'll hold them. We got a lot. We've got a pretty good amount of food. Farmers are finishing up cutting everything. Um. We've got some good fields locked down for the season, so we'll just have to see. I think we're going to have to run some traffic. We're going to have to talk, you know, about some of our spots. We're going to have to go run traffic, and I think it's, I think we can have success running traffic on the geese, and I think we're going to kill ducks while we're running traffic. Yeah, I mean, it, 
Because I, I don't think we don't have a field that's not surrounded by ducks. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing is this location, location, location. I mean, Tim Grounds once said that if you find a goose poop, you're going to kill goose. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 100% true. You find it, you're good. Um, but sometimes you're not on the X. So, I mean, uh, there's so many different variables as you, you may have scouted that field. If you didn't get a chance to get there the night before to see if they were in there, you may have seen them in there that morning and you left to go do check another field or something like that. Or you left to go someplace else to, to hunt or that evening and a coyote may have bumped them out of there. Yeah. Are they going to come back? I mean, that's the thing. They may go to the next field, and then here you are, and you set up, and then they show up, but they also show up a 200 yards behind you in the next field or 500 yards behind you in the next field, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's a – and I think that's where you just got to, like, be prepared to run traffic. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I think it's – I've had a, I mean, I've had a few, I've had a few hunts where you're on the X and it just works. And I've seen them just like scoot over a little bit and then you just run traffic for the day. And I mean, the worst thing it can do is set, you know, 500 yards from you. It's horrible, but sometimes it happens. And I've seen my, I've seen myself break them off and pull them to me because they wanted to be where I was versus where they slid to. Yeah. Like, I just been that first group didn't like something or one thing with running traffic is, is with geese especially is a lot of times if they'll work you or circle you and they may go to the next field if you can get their attention to get them in and get them to work and circle and call them the shot but don't it, yes yeah, calling the shot is everybody we all get greedy we want feet down we want them in the decoys i mean there's nothing that's like something that. i learned this early season was taking those over top shots that are not far they're probably 20 yards yeah yeah they're in they're and, and well they're, in range and they're cupped and they're they're cupped and they're just going to circle but where are they going to land when they circle are they going are, are they, they going to land 60 yards out or are you going to land 15 yards out or are they going to yeah. go 150 and land in the middle of the field? <laughs> that's the, that that's was, the dilemma do you, and, I, I let one group do that and then i was like oh we can't do that anymore we got to kill them right there yeah because if they're all going to act like that we're going to be empty-handed by it. it's going to be a bust yeah and it's going to get in the bind but that that was I think this was a good topic, you know. We discussed um I can hear my son getting mad, he's ready for a nap. We discussed, <laughs> you know, tuning kit and stuff. Um real quick before we get off here, just some questions that I like that I've I've gotten where I like to ask and Chris likes some of these too. And um he well, got me they're not personal. They're not personal. Okay, no. we're good. Well I'm we'll see we'll <laughs> see how personal they are. Okay, here you go. Um, so your duck guys, we're going to ask the duck questions. Now we have fishing questions. We got deer hunting questions. So, okay. Go to blind snack. Go to blind snack. This might actually surprise you. I'm not a real big snack guy. You say that. I have a picture of you eating a donut. Let's just remember that. It was there. That's the thing is I'm not, I mean, my go-to blind snack would probably be a, a honey bun. Honey bun? A honey bun. But the thing is with the honey bun is you got to leave it sitting on the vent, the defrost of the truck, so it's nice and warm. Okay, so next one. I already know the answer, but for bales, coffee, energy drink. Coffee. Yeah. Um, field or field, river, or creek? 
what kind of field? We'll, we'll just say we'll just say a cut normal cut corn cut corn cut corn or cut bean or something. It can be any of the fields over a creek or hunting a river. Oh, um, probably a creek. Creek, yeah. yeah. I, I think I love tight water. And, creek, and creek and field creeks. would be a tie for me, but the river's last. I've I've became I've hunted a lot of the river, and I've became less and less a fan of it as I've learned more about hunting the smaller water. There's just something about a duck backpedaling over water and getting ready to set down. And okay. it's just, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like a big wad of ducks right out in the middle of a field, just all looking goofy coming in, landing, and, so, and guns blazing. Okay, so here we go. Like, ducks or geese? I used to love to pound on the geese, but I have become a duck junkie. And it, it's, I think it's the fact is, is working them more. It, it's a, it's a, um, I don't, it's hard to explain. It's like, you never know what's going to show up. Yep. Yep. So, my son's getting, well, I don't know if you can hear me or not. He's getting rowdy. He's getting rowdy. He's tired. He's ready for bed. Uh, um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Cause you, okay. Um, talking about ducks landing in the creek. Yeah. So, never know what's going to show up. Are you, are you, do you shoot the one in the hand? Or you wait for the two in the air. This is a tricky question because this can this can be like a slow day. You got one in the hole, two circling. Do you take the one in the hole or do you try to get the other two? I'm watching the one in the hole and working the other two. If because, he if he moves, you're taking him though, right? Oh, if it's, you're not you're not you're not going to like let him leave and see if he'll come back though, right? I mean, if he's if he's up and out and it's a slow day, he's done messed up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I'm working the other two because <laughs> three's better than one. Okay. Um, panel blind if you're in a field or a layout. I'm getting old, man. I like a panel blind. Like the panel blind, the comfort of the panel blind. I, the only thing about it, that is you got to have a comfortable seat. Yeah, got to have a comfortable gotta seat. Be comfortable. Okay. Um, where is like a go-to hunt you want to go on? Oh boy! Right now, like right now, your next one you got planned. Like, there's probably a whole entire list. We all got a list. Like at the top of my bucket that I would like go I to. Wouldn't say, do, I wouldn't necessarily say bucket right now, but a hunt you're planning on trying to get make happen here in the next couple of years. Next couple of years, I would like to do a sea duck hunt. Honestly, you are a crazy person. There's what? no way I'm wanting to get near sea ducks. I have no desire to get like no. See. I, I seen mean, a layout booth the other day. It's something I would do, like, I, I don't think I could see myself, like, getting into it, but I would like to do it one time. Because, yeah. I mean, I've been to Saskatchewan a couple of times. I've been down south in Mississippi. Um, been to Rhode Island, uh, South Carolina. For I mean, me, for me, it's going to be Midwest right now. I want to do Midwest. Um, I would like to do Oklahoma or Kansas. That I'm thinking nice. Kansas or, like, North Dakota. But I'm on the sea duck things as I got the end of Wyoming. It does not take long to get to the sea duck hunt from here. That's the plus side of it. And we were talking, John and I were talking the other day about putting him for a swan tag in North Carolina. That's a, I mean, it's shooting a big white pterodactyl out of the sky. It would and be you can only bit. kill one. You can only kill one. Um, but where are you going to mount it and put it in the house? That's the question. Especially with, you got you to gotta make the marital okay. unit. Are you going to turn it into a, like a, a standing lamp? <laughs> or, I, don't th- I don't think I'm going to do a, um, I don't think I'd mount a swan. I don't think I'll mount a goose. If I mount a goose, it's a speck all day. Speck barred up, that's what I want. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, man, I think that's about it. I can't think of any more questions. Um, What's your go-to place? Go-to place to hunt? Yeah, if you would, if you could take off and go, where would you go? Right now, my brother-in-law just got back from Wyoming and smacked the tar out of him. So, ooh, it'd be really hard not to go Wyoming. He shot a he shot a five-man two days in a row on mallards. Nice. Now, if I if I was to say if I wanted to go on a duck hunt in the lower forty-eight, I would say Washington State. I'm scared to fly, and it's a long drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sometimes you have to get over your fears because I mean, they kill a pile of ducks, man. Uh, they can kill six or seven. I think is it. It may be eight, if I'm not mistaken. I'd, I'd have to look at it, but I know they get a lot of ducks. Yeah, I mean, they kill a lot of ducks. Yeah, and there's a lots of widgeon. Yeah, and that's my every. Anybody that knows me, that's my nemesis. I've, we're not we're not going to discuss that uh, yeah, right now yeah, because we talk about that. There's um, been some stories on we, on witching that yeah yeah we we've got a series coming out that um yeah. I haven't started shooting yet. We could we should have shot one today. Um, it's going to be um a blind I can't talk. believe I did that. <laughs> it's basically what it is. It's just going to be a blind talk story. It's just telling stories of you know you don't you don't know. I have the video too that makes it worse. Like if, if we have video and photos from it, we're going to insert those into the video. Yeah. I have the video from the nine shot mallard. You don't know about the nine shot the mallard. nine shot mallard. Oh boy, uh, yeah, it was a very that expensive, expensive duck. duck right there. It was an expensive duck that somehow he ended up getting shot at. Shot when he was the closest. Finally, well, that's about. I mean, that sounds almost like a story that Chris was telling me. He shot. I think it was a, a double banded goose or a, a mallard, and it was on its back, and you could see both bands. And they were like, oh, it's good. It's laying out there. And he goes out to get it, and it flips over, and sayonara, gone. Takes off flying. Uh, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> I had a wood duck this year, like, literally had been laying for an hour. And, like, we hunted a place that I didn't take the kayak originally into. And I wouldn't, like, I let Brandy get in it twice, and I was done letting her try to go. Um, it just had a lot of vines, a lot of grab grab at her and luckily it was early season so it's super warm so like mm-hmm. i was i could swim out and grab her if i needed to but you know she ended up um she ended up like she's having trouble finding that one because it was getting up under those weeds and stuff and it kept popping up so then we eventually put um put um the kayak in and went over and it still got like tangled up in the weeds underneath like they do and just lost it but yeah there's a diving duck with structure is a bad thing yeah so, well, I mean, you, I now carry I a now lot of carry, times you'll lose the duck. I mean, it, it, it happens. I carry a box of Winchester six shot to finish stuff off, off yeah. on top of the water. That's my new, like I've seen a lot of guys doing it. And before I even turn our dog loose, I make sure they're all dead. Yeah. yeah I mean, I if mean, it's a goose in a wide open field, I'll let her go. Oh yeah. Send it full send. send. It. Yeah. Let they, him do his thing. Yeah. They're either going to bleed out before they hit the field and you can get them or they're, functioning enough to where yeah you're not going to get it you're not gonna get even it. if you're going to try to chase yeah. it down you're not going to get close yeah, that enough. dog's faster than you running through a cornfield yeah they are well man uh awesome dude this is awesome having you on here yeah appreciate the invite man yeah man we got a lot of work done today and got some got to have a good little conversation here so you know check us out on um we're on spotify and on apple Podcasts, red lake talk um what is the ks instagram KES Waterfowlers. Yep. On Instagram and, and, and Facebook. Facebook. Yep. Yeah, man. Check us out. Um, shoot DMs. You're going to talk to Justin because I don't manage that media page. Thank God. 
So you're going to talk to Justin or one of the other guys on there, Chris, or someone else will help you out, man. And um, we'll get you set up with anything you need. And, you know, it's been fun. Yeah, got a question. Give us a call. Yeah, we'll um, catch you all next time.